Blog Talk Radio. And uh, let's do this, America. That's right. This is episode 344 of the Mike Spiller Radio Program. Uh, and today is uh, Tuesday, August 20, uh, 2015. It is 6.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And uh, we have a very special uh, program here for you this evening. Uh, we've had to kind of juggle the technology around to get this story out because this is the show where um, I really believe that uh, um, you know this is telling the stories that uh, need to be told. Um, and um, so, what I'm going to do is, um, you know, our topic tonight uh, is uh, this very, very recent story uh, that just broke um, one week ago. Um, on October 12, 2015, that uh, the New York Presbyterian Hospital decided to close the family medicine residency program there associated with the uh, Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons. And only a few hours later uh, to reverse their decision um, and leaving many um, on the inside and on the outside asking questions. Uh, and we have talked about this situation on this program previously. I directed to, I think it was about two shows ago, where um, Jerry Tolbert and I uh, talked about the situation from the outside. Uh, but tonight, um, joining me uh, is a Columbia medical student, uh, Arielle Franks, to share her story from the inside of the storm um, of the controversy. And, and she's here tonight uh, to share um, her thoughts uh, and her feelings about what it was like uh, to go through this um, at this point. So, Arielle, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show. Uh, so you are a, a, a fourth-year student, meaning you're in your final year of medical school, and you're applying uh, for a family medicine primary care specialty. Is that right? Yes, I'm applying to residency in family medicine. Um, so hopefully we'll match in March of next year and then graduate from school in May of next year, 2016. Um, so my first question for you here is, you know, you know, why family medicine? What's cool about family medicine that, that's drawing to you to the specialty? So I always had family medicine on my radar. Um, I actually didn't know much about it before coming to Columbia, but I got plugged into a group called the Brown Scholars where we learn about primary care and um, community health. So that's how I first got introduced to the field. So going into my clinical year, I was really excited about family medicine. And then I went on all my rotations in pediatrics and medicine, neurology, surgery, and was surprised by how much I just like loved everything. Like when I was on PEDS, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And then on OBGYN, I wanted to be an obstetrician and felt very confused at the end because I really like liked everything a lot. I liked doing procedures. I liked having complicated medical patients. Um, So one thing that I really liked about family is how it is the treatment of everything, that you're not giving up a certain patient population or certain age or gender. Um, So that for me was really appealing, but also primary care itself, I think is just so rewarding and like seeing people over time and seeing, um, you know, if somebody is not ready to make change this month, maybe in a year after continued conversations, then they're finally ready to like quit cigarettes or start taking their meds or whatever it is. And um, 
just seeing the relationships that I saw my patients had with my mentors who were all primary care doctors made me really feel like this was why I wanted to go to medicine in the first place, and it was just the right fit for me. Did you have an, an idea um, you know, when you started medical school about a specialty? Because you know, when I started medical school, um, you know, my dad's a surgeon; he's retired now. But that was kind of my aspiration to to do that. Until I did my surgery rotation, I'm like, "Well, I can't do this," uh, which is crazy. Uh, and and like you, I did all my rotations, and I liked a little bit about everything. And and at the end of my third year, I just kind of just came to me and and uh, like, "Oh, well, you know, I want to, I want to." you know, be a primary care, I want to be a, a family medicine specialist. Uh, uh, did you uh, have an idea what specialty did you want to do before you, uh, you started even started medical school, or was it really wide open even then? It was wide open. So it's funny because actually both of my parents are doctors, so I I chose medicine in spite of them, I'd like to think, not because of them. And I think being the child of doctors, you are um, – you know a lot about medicine before you go into it, but I actually do feel that I was kind of uninformed about what different fields were. So I knew I wanted to help people. I had thoughts of, like, going abroad and working in developing countries. Um, my dad does emergency medicine, so I thought that was kind of cool, but I also did feel that seeing patients over time was something I would want. So I was, I was kind of thinking maybe internal medicine, but part of that was also because I didn't know that family medicine really was a thing in this country because growing up when I had medical problems I would see specialists and I just this idea of a general practitioner I wasn't aware of and it was actually coming here and coming to Columbia that I saw realized that that was something I could do here and so it was pretty early in my first year that I like realized I wanted to do it but um honestly before medical school I wasn't I, I didn't know about it are you are you from that part of the world, or um, you know what what drew you to Columbia? I'm from St. Louis originally. I went to college on the East Coast, and then um, I took two year two years off before medical school to dance, and I did that in New York City. So I fell in love with the city and absolutely loved being here. Um, I applied to medical schools and got into a couple of places, and the reason why I chose Columbia was actually partially New York City, but actually more because I thought it had this, like, mission of social justice that was really important to me. Um, I remember on my tour, this my tour guide was talking about how she was a member of a student-run clinic called Curon, Columbia University Harm Reduction Outreach Network. Um, it's a clinic that's based outside of the Washington Heights Corner Project, and essentially we provide primary care to intravenous drug users. And that's one of many student-run clinics that we have here, but I just thought that the fact that Columbia had that and had students and physicians that were really interested in helping underserved was something that was really important to me and something I wanted in my medical education. So that was why, ultimately, I came here. I just thought the personality types and mission and the population that we served was like what I really wanted. So I could have I could have gone back home to St. Louis, but I decided that Columbia was a better fit for me and that's why I came there here. Um, yeah, and a lot of my audience, you know, they're they're outside of medicine and uh, you know that they're always curious about um, you know, the medical school experience, what is to go through that. I mean they see what's on television and they see what's in the media. 
um, you know, general, I mean, you know, before two weeks ago, but in general, how would you describe your, you know, your, your medical school experience, your first year, your second year, third year? Is it, is it something that you were expecting because, you know, your, your family's in medicine or um, how would you describe what your, your time there as you know, just being a medical student? Um, so the first year and a half here is um, a little different from other places. Generally, uh, the first two years of med school are um, just lectures and like the preclinical education. So it's like you're in the classroom and you're in the anatomy lab and um, it's more like textbook learning. And then the second two years are the clinical rotations where you are going into the hospital and meeting patients and doing all the different fields. So here they actually have shortened that lecture time. So it's only a year and a half. Um, and I, the experience at Columbia is work pass fail, which um, supports uh, camaraderie and group studying and not being as competitive. So the first year and a half actually were pretty manageable, I thought. Like I felt like I was able to make a good group of friends. We'd study together and learn the material at an appropriate rate. And then it was at the middle of our second year that we start doing rotations. And I think we do have a really great clinical experience here. Our rotations are really rigorous. We're doing a lot as students. Like we're calling consults and rounding on our patients every day and making suggestions for management plans. So it's wonderful, but it also is really strenuous. And I think I wasn't, I didn't know that um, beforehand. Um, I knew residency was going to be very intense. And know that it's going to be so much more intense, but the rotations are very time-consuming, but it's also, I mean, great. That's, like, why we all came here. We wanted to see patients all day, and um, that's what you get to do. So um, that was the second and third year, and now fourth year is more of um, in-depth. So but because Columbia has this curriculum, um, we have more time to explore different fields, so I was able to do more rotations specifically in family medicine and make sure that was the right thing for me. Um, and then we have more time built in for research and kind of just like getting more depth in certain clinical areas, which I think is awesome. And for me, it was really important to help make my choice. Now, we talked before the show um, that uh, you have an interest and a passion for, for urban primary care. Um, what draws you to that specific, um, you, know, you know, population or, or that type of primary care? So I'm from St. Louis, which is an urban area and with a lot of urban underserved. Um, I love big cities, just the energy, the vibrancy, the diversity, and so that's where I want to live. But I think that the urban underserved um, are a population that often maybe get not as much attention um, from people. I think... Um, two, just the whole, all of the um, current events of the past year and the Black Lives Matter movement have shown really that we have a lot more to do in terms of racial equality and social equality in this country. And I think that one of the steps towards that is to serve in areas that don't have as many doctors and to help these populations that for a lot of time are just kind of ignored. So. It's kind of just personal. I'm from St. Louis. These are people I want to help. But, um, and just like kind of a more political social justice aspect. But I think there's a unique role that needs to be filled. 
Uh, I'm on the line with me is a uh, fourth-year medical student, Ariel Franks, uh, from uh, Columbia. Uh, so uh, why don't we switch gears uh, to October 2015, uh, and um, I know that you wanted to share um, the story um, of the announcement and everything from your point of view. Um, so um, you can feel free to start wherever you're, you would like um, as far as, you know, when you started hearing things and how you started hearing things, uh, um, however you'd like to start your story. Um, so uh, last Monday I was going about my day. I'm on a research month right now and we're like, I'm recruiting participants to participate in a qualitative study. So going about my day um, and I had rehearsal for dance practice that, that evening. And I actually first found out from a text message from one of my friends who's applying in a surgical subspecialty. And she's like, I just heard something really weird. Did you hear this? And I'm like, what, you, what, what? And she said that she heard from a student that the um, family medicine residency was closing. And my initial reaction was just utter shock and also just like, oh, this must this must be wrong. Like, why would this person have heard before me? What does that even mean? Um, but it slowly came out that this was true, that the source of information was a student who was doing a rotation at Farrell, that's the Center for Family and Community Medicine, that's our clinic, and that there had been an internal meeting and it had been announced that the um, residency as well as the center would be closing is what the rumor was and that providers at the clinic were really upset. And so I got that first text from one friend and then I started getting texts from other people who are going into primary care, like, have you heard about this? What's going on? And I actually was on my way to dance rehearsal, so I couldn't, but I was leading. So I'm the choreographer, so I couldn't, like, pause and Exactly, yeah, yeah. Because you're going to Pratt's and, and your phone's blowing up and, and you're just like trying to figure out what's happening and, and this is just Monday. Exactly. Um, and in my rehearsal, there's another girl um, applying, another person applying in family medicine and um, we were just distracted the whole time. We were just like really upset, like don't know what's going on. There's very little information. Um, and there were students meeting, um, but I was actually not part of that meeting. Um, one of the family medicine faculty is the attending at a student-run clinic called CHAMP, which provides services to homeless um, people in the Washington Heights and Harlem area. And they were having clinic that night. So he told the students about the decision, and they really miraculously, like, all got together in a classroom at Columbia and started strategizing right then. This is, like, immediate um, but initially it was just kind of like all these different isolated groups of students who just wanted to do something and did. Um, I missed that meeting because I was in my rehearsal and was also just so upset because it was seeming more true that this was true that the Department of Family Medicine was closing. And no one really knew what that meant. Um, one rumor was that the clinic would no longer be run by family medicine attendings and that it would be switched to a nurse practitioner only site. 
if that meant that all of these attendings would be fired or if they would be absorbed into other clinics. That was unclear, but it also seemed clear that the residency program would be closing effective June 2016. And so that first night was really just like very, very upset. Um, I was told there was going to be a town hall meeting the next day. I'm not sure who organized that. My understanding is that maybe it was supposed to be a meeting for first-year students, but something completely unrelated. And this massing of students from the student-run clinic were able to turn it into a town hall to discuss the decision and get more transparency. Wow. Yeah. Um, So I did contact my mentors that night, um, just showing my support and saying that a lot of students, I I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that several students were trying to make a major change or trying to contest this. And um, so really it's just all these, like, amazing people throughout the, the different classes who I don't even know each individual who did it, but that they really, like, turned the tide overnight. Um, but I think the starting point was this meeting after this one clinic. Uh, yeah, because I, I'm trying to remember when I saw it on social media, um, and I think I think it was the primary care progress group there at Columbia that I saw on a tweet out, and it was in the evening. Um, and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting, um, because when I saw that, you know, I was looking at all you know, the official kind of sites and saying, oh, well, has there been an official announcement? Is it just a rumor? Um, if it's not a rumor, then what should be done? And and the next day, um, I uh, you know, had some friends uh, contact me and um, said, hey, <laughs> this is actually really happening, um, and we have to do something, and we have to show support, and um, you know, does anybody know anybody in the on the inside there that can give us some you know, stories and things? And um, so I know on social media we were kind of really uh, talking about it on on Twitter and Facebook and just trying to get uh, a lot of the uh, family medicine community, um, you know, at least aware of it and and to go through the same process that that you guys were doing as far as what does this all mean? Um, so. Um, I mean, understandably, you know, I mean, I can only imagine uh, what was going on on the ground there um, as far as all these text messages and discussions and, and, and all that type of thing. Um, now, I mean, where were you and, and how did you find out about the, the, the reversal of the, of the decision? So this whole um, event got a lot of attention on campus and um, each of the different classes have a Facebook group that they post news and events and um, there are also several emails, class-wide emails going out. So I don't know who saw it on Twitter first, but it was a classmate who posted and said, look, it's all right, they reversed the decision. And um, so someone else sent out before me. But it was, I think that everyone on campus like was kind of tuned into this issue and like um, plugged in. So I think it was in the morning. So I think I heard around 11 or 12 that day that it was reversed. But And that was like a huge relief, but also kind of like a cautious relief. It's like, well, what does it mean that it was reversed? And there's like these like words in there that kind of imply that, you know, we're not out of the 
danger zone. And just the whole thing was like, what? what is going on? How did this huge decision get made yesterday and then get turned around in like 18 hours? It was just, it was like surreal. It was like, it's just like, I don't know, it just felt like another, like a dream or something. Um, and then. And, the, and, and, and you're on, uh, I mean, you're on rotation right now, right? I'm on a research month right now, but it's very busy. So I'm like in a clinic um, working to get people to um, participate in this qualitative study. So I was like getting frantic emails and stuff on my phone, but unable to like answer them immediately. But yeah, so I'm not in a clinic. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're trying to work. You're trying to get stuff done for this month. And, right. you know, your mind is kind of everywhere and your phone's going off and you're talking to people or talking to patients or talking to families um, and just trying to get through the day and then trying to catch up on what's going on at the school and on campus. And, um, you know, I mean, those three or four days probably were just like a whole world. We probably didn't even remember exactly what all happened during that time. Right. Or the sequence of events. I will say one thing that stood out to me, though, was that um, – some of the biggest mobilizers were people who weren't even applying in family medicine or weren't interested in family medicine. It was just students here who were just so upset something like this could even be done with the people applying in OBGYN and medicine and surgical subspecialties who were really kind of leading the charge and getting the groups together. So that was really touching to see that, like, the entire school felt that the family medicine department was not something that we could lose um yeah yeah what 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 were what were some of the discussions with with those people who were kind of leading the charge and and people who you know are potentially not even choosing family medicine as a specialty what was what were they talking about and what was the discussion and 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 what you know what was their rationale for saying hey we you know we we need this uh family medicine residency program there so the family medicine attendings here are very um, involved in our education on several levels. We have a course in the first year, first and second year, called Foundations of Clinical Medicine, which is where we reflect on social issues in medicine, and, um, and that means very broadly. So it's a lot of different topics. Um, and we meet in small groups, and several of the preceptors for that class are family medicine doctors. We also have a tutorials class, which is where we learn how to do a history and physical exam. And several of the preceptors for that are family medicine doctors. And um, also the co-leader of that course, like at the highest level, Dr. Fink is the co-leader with Dr. Gouda. So family medicine attendings have been present in our education from the very beginning. So I think that was part of it. Also, we have three student-run clinics. Um, there's or Actually, went before and almost five at this point. Um, and many of the attendings who precept in these clinics are family medicine doctors. So I think students, even if they're going into orthopedic surgery, who have volunteered in these clinics and who it's been a meaningful part of their medical school education, were mobilized to help defend the jobs of these people that have helped them become doctors. Um, and I think too, there's an idea that even if you're not going into family medicine, you want to understand what it is, what is the role of primary care, because you're going to be working with primary care doctors in the future. So understanding what is their scope of practice and how to communicate with them is really important. So I think that's part of the reason why so many students here felt like this was something to be fought and that we couldn't just let this department 
which is really like the, the core of teaching us about primary care at the school, just like go away. Uh, and and I was hearing a lot of things last week, but but the main theme that that I was hearing is that um, the students uh, themselves uh, were organizing, the students themselves were uh, bringing these points up to whomever would listen, whether it be other students or colleagues or administration or anything else like that, to make these points that you just made, um, and in student leadership. Uh, was a huge role uh, in increasing awareness, in increasing discussion, not only on campus but outside of campus uh, too, um, because I, I saw a lot of people um, on social media, um, you know, talking about it. A lot of them were students, um, and that's really a tribute to the student leaders that you have um, as colleagues there. Uh, it was really cool kind of, you know, seeing it evolve, even though I'm hundreds of miles away, um, kind of seeing it evolve. And I, I saw some of the official news reports uh, of, of uh, what was going on. And, and a lot of those reporters uh, also said that um, the increasing awareness and discussion were driven by the students. And, and that's very, very cool to see. Um, it, it had to be uh, in addition to that whirlwind that you're that you're talking about, but uh, had to be you know very empowering to not only you know watch that happening or or hear reports of that, uh, but know that your you know colleagues and friends are are driving this discussion um, so that people can uh, increase awareness, uh, so people kind of know what's going on and and that decision that that the decision uh, wasn't going to you know be taken very lightly. It was very inspiring for me to see. Yeah, and it was it was really inspiring to be in the room and seeing like 300 people in this lecture hall, stand not even standing room availability, um, to see them in support of family medicine and questioning this decision. And I think hopefully this shows that there is an increasing interest in primary care. Um, I've led like Apple primary care like at Columbia, and hopefully the change we need more primary care people. Um, but that there's a huge support for it, even if people aren't going into it. And that was a reason stated for why it would be okay to get rid of the department, because, you know, we only have three people this year applying in family medicine. But if there aren't that many people applying, what's, what's the point of it being a department, which I think just isn't true because family medicine has such a vital role in the education of all students, even if, you know, you're not turning out a bunch of family medicine doctors, like the exposure to what it is is really important for you to be a well-rounded doctor no matter what you go into. Um, uh, my guest on the line, uh, uh, who I just met even minutes before this uh, interview, <laughs> uh, he's been awesome, uh, fourth-year student at Columbia, uh, Ariel Franks, uh, is our guest uh, this evening. Um so kind of what, what happens now? Um, I guess that's a big question. Um, you know, you're, you're in your fourth year now and you're applying out and to residency programs and, um, you know, with this kind of cloud, you know, hanging over, you know, the head of the, you know, of, of the student class. Um, you know, I know there's a, a lot of questions that remain unanswered, um, but, you know, it's been a week later um, when you're talking with your friends and colleagues, um, 
you know, is it as unsettling as it was a week ago? Is it, is it the same? Is it any different um, a week later? Or is it just still kind of still a whirlwind right now? I think it feels um, much more settled. Um, the decision was reversed and has been, like there hasn't been anything indicating that that's not the case. So now a week out, it feels like, okay, the department's here to stay. So I think we've been mostly focusing on our next steps. And the main next step is to make family medicine its own department here. Because right now it's a center, so there can be a residency program, but in the medical school, there is not a department of family medicine. Um, and so to establish that would be really important because if this was more entrenched as part of the school, I think it'd be harder to um, kick out. Because I think there is a a fear that, okay, this got a lot of bad publicity. Clearly, this is not a popular decision, but now, you know, people have made it clear that they don't think family medicine necessarily has a role at this institution. Will they just try to edge it out more slowly and more quietly um, after the dust has settled? So we just really want to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, so students have been continuing to meet. Um, we're meeting with um, family medicine residency members as well about um, next steps and how to demonstrate to the administration that there really is a true, strong support of family medicine. And it wasn't just at that town hall meeting that it's lasting, that students are going to um, really support this in the future and to make it a department. Um, so that's kind of where our efforts are focused right now, is just generating awareness. Yeah. Yeah, in your uh, in our email exchanges even before the show uh, this evening, <clears throat> you mentioned uh, orphan schools, um, and us inside the bubble here kind of know what that is. But you know, for for people who don't know what that what that term is, can you kind of describe it and define it, and and why is it important to identify those type of of schools? So. I will take a stab at this because it's something I'm still wrapping my mind around. But the idea, I think, is that there is not a family medicine department in Columbia College of Physicians and Surgeons. Um, and so that means that for family medicine attendings who are faculty members to be involved in our education, they're still employees of the hospital and not necessarily the school. Um, and Honestly, I'm a little bit confused what what that means because we have the residency program, but it just means that it's like not as connected, and that it would be a much stronger um, force if there was an actual department dedicated to family medicine. So, family medicine attendings are teaching students, and they're doing it because they are professors here, and not because they are hospital employees. And it would just really be a strong sign to everyone that like family medicine is a vital part of people's education, but I think you might be able to define it in a more articulate way because it's something I'm still trying no, to No, 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 that, 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 that's, uh, that's exactly it, you know, that, that, you know, that, you know, the medical school campus, um, the medical school needs a home, you know, for family medicine, for primary care, and, you know, that is having a department, a department level uh, function um, at the medical school where, you know, where, you know, students can go where faculty can go. Um, I know, you know, you know, schools have a 
uh, have a sometimes a primary care clinic or a family medicine clinic or a center or something like that. But having a, a department in the school is is very important, and 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 identifying these schools that don't have that um, something that is very important to the family medicine community is something very important to to the primary care community. I know you already know this, uh, but I'm just letting my audience know that what this is why that it is very important that you know that that we continue to um, educate these schools without a department of family medicine without a home um, for family medicine uh, in primary care and um, and it's inspiring to me that uh, you know that you and and your uh, your colleagues and, and even the the primary care friends uh, they're they're at Columbia and uh, um, are are educating people are fighting for this um and and you know this kind of announcement um was kind of a spark uh to you know educate uh the community there um to uh, an opportunity for us on the outside here to lend support um and say hey you know we're we're here don't think that you're alone they're fighting for this we're we're all in this together and um it's it, it's stories like this that that really kind of need to be told and and I know that there are certain people um uh, in the hospital community there and maybe even in the university community there are, are hoping that <clears throat> that this story kind of dies down and, and then they can kind of proceed with with business as usual um you know um I, I know that you would never say that but but I'm saying that as an outsider um and um that that we need to continue telling this story and um it's it's you know it's it's uh, i've been talking with some of my colleagues too that this this kind of stories is sparking other types of family medicine advocacy um you know at the medical school at the undergraduate level um and at the community level um and uh it's been just kind of fascinating kind of hearing it from the inside as far as your story and the story of your colleagues there it's uh it's been very cool just to kind of get your story to see see what's been happening there and i think too i mean one thing is we're not it's still not entirely sure why this happened even though it didn't happen and it was canceled like I think we have to address, like, the mindsets that would lead an administration to think that they could do away with this. And um, I think one thing that this has brought attention to is that um, there is a myth, I think, that family medicine is irrelevant on the East Coast. It's not a Northeast thing, and we should just, like, let it be something for the rural areas or for the West Coast. And I just adamantly have to, like, fight that and say that, that I don't think that that is the case, that there is clearly a role for family medicine in urban underserved areas and just urban areas in general. And um, I think that our student body is saying that very clearly. And so if there's other places on the East Coast or people who can support this message, and that's something we need to address. And I don't know whose role it is to educate, um, I don't know, all that family medicine can do for this country, um, but it's part of the message, too, that to show how this is a role in medical education, but also in um, being medical providers in the future, because I think that that lack of understanding about how important it can be is part of the reason why someone thought we can just do away with this and no one will care. Um, but yeah, we're definitely going to continue to fight and definitely going to try and make it a department that would be um, vital at this point. 
Uh, my guest on the line has been uh, a fourth-year medical student, uh, Ariel Franks, and uh, I will let you gather your thoughts here uh, for some closing thoughts from my audience here as we're closing up our conversation. Um, I do want to let my the audience know out there that I'm going to be uh, writing up a blog post about this uh, interview tonight uh, at drmikesfeld.com. And if you haven't seen on uh, on Twitter already, uh, there is a uh, an essay that was written by the residents um, of that program at AAFP.org. Um, and uh, the title is Trial by Firings, Lessons in Organizing at New York Presbyterian. So uh, that's on my Twitter feed, and I'm also going to um, put that in the blog post associated uh, with uh, tonight's uh, interview. Uh, at the at the bottom of that essay, um, they are trying to organize on Twitter uh, with the hashtag, hashtag Grow Family Medicine. G R O W Family Medicine, which I've been using on my uh, on my Twitter feed as well, um, and um, the uh, the residency program uh, on Twitter is at NYP underscore Fam Med, and uh, you can find that on my Twitter feed as well. Um, so, um, and certainly. Um, I'm going to reach out to the residents as well if they want to share their story on the on the, on, the, on this on this podcast. Here, you can do that. They wrote a great essay there uh, as well, um, and uh, hopefully, we'll have more stories uh, coming from the inside there to to continue this uh, kind of uh, um, in the headlines, uh, so it doesn't uh, doesn't kind of go away and and to try to achieve the goals that Ariel is is is, uh, is talking about. Um, so, Ari, thank you so much for being on the show here uh, this evening. Um, is there any kind of closing thoughts uh, that we forgot to talk about or anything that you really want to, want to emphasize to the audience tonight uh, before I let you go? Um, no, I think we pretty much covered it. And just want to say again, the student body here, like we love family medicine. We love all of our amazing attendings and mentors who have been vital for us, and I just want them to really know that. Um, but to just say that anyone out there supporting, tweeting, um, down, donating to the Center of Family and Community Medicine so that we um, can have a department, because part of this is a funding issue, um, any sort of support, because it's really about like urban primary care and how there is a role for this in the future. So, but thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor to be able to talk on the show and and speak so candidly. Um, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I, I've I've heard uh, from from people um, like uh, Dr. Wanda Filer, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, um, who's behind you and supporting you guys. I just heard today uh, from Dr. Andrew Moore Singer, the founder and president of Primary Care Progress. Um, who I hope to interview here on the show as well, and and uh, you know there, there's people all around uh, the country and all around the world um, who are not going to let your story there um, fade away. Um, so, uh, so thank you so much for for being on the show here uh, this evening. Um, if there's any way that I can continue to um, you know tell the story or share your story out there, um, I know you and your team out there will will definitely. Um, you know, let me know. Um, but thanks again so much for coming on the show this evening. Yes, and thank you. Um, 
So, um, so that's it, kids. Um, uh, I'm going to have to listen to this interview again uh, to really kind of and just kind of what happened. Uh, just very, very powerful words from from somebody, um, you know, uh, in their own words. Um, so, but uh, stay tuned to drmaxwell.com. I'm going to write up a whole blog post on this. Follow me on Twitter at drmaxwell. Um, also follow me on Facebook uh, as well. Um, I hope to get more stories from 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 that part of the world uh, right there. Uh, so thank you all for joining me here uh, this evening, and uh, check out the the website and also uh, follow me on Twitter as well. So until uh, next time, kids. This is Dr. Mike Seville, letting you know that family medicine rocks. Good night, everybody.